Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Book Journeys Radio, an interview series for authors in transformation. From the basic fundamentals of selecting a book topic and overcoming writer's block to advanced techniques for publishing and marketing your books. Don't forget to check out our complete schedule and archive shows at blogtalkradio.com forward slash book dash journeys. Now, get ready to make a difference with your book with your host, founder of the author incubator, Dr. Angela Loria. And it is nice to be back in the studio with an amazing guest this week. I'm so excited to introduce you to, um, this is this is actually Difference Press's top-selling author. I always like introducing her this way. Jill Angie is the author of Running with Curves, Why You're Not Too Fat to Run, and The Skinny on How to Start Today. Jill, thanks so much for being with us. Oh, thank you. I'm so happy to be here. Yay. So every week on Book Journeys, we talk to an author about not just their book, but the entire journey of becoming an author. I think everybody's book journey is unique, but there are some lessons that those of us who have not crossed the finish line yet but are looking for how to finish their book I think there are some lessons that you can take from people's book journeys to find yourself on that road and to finish your book. So I think today you will learn how Jill has done that, learn a little bit about it. But I want to start the show off by talking about your book. So Jill, why don't you tell us about Running With Curves, what's it about, and who's it for? So this is basically the book that I wish had existed when I started running uh, almost 20 years ago, and it's it's essentially a how-to guide how a woman who's overweight can start running in the body she has right now. So I guess there are some some myths out there that you were trying to bust, some feelings that people had, um, maybe that there is a certain weight you have to be to run or a certain body type. What what made you, what was it that inspired you to write the book? Where did you get the idea um, for this concept? Uh, oh, that's a great question. So I actually went through a fitness journey of my own, um, you know, and maybe starting around 2009, and I lost, uh, I lost weight using a personal trainer and training for a triathlon and doing all kinds of great stuff like that, but I didn't lose a ton of weight, and what really turned out that I was running, um, but I was not a typical runner, and I kind of realized that there were, you know, I would hear some of my clients, I I became a personal trainer along the way, heard a lot of my clients saying, oh, I can't do that, I'm too fat, I'm too big, I'm too whatever, and I kind of realized that that there is sort of this gap out there where people believe they have to be thin to start working out and to start running and to start doing all these things. And and I wanted to tell everyone, like, you don't have to wait until your body looks like a fitness model. Like, you can start doing all that stuff now. And along the way, you're going to realize it doesn't really matter if your body ever mm. looks like a fitness model, that you can just be amazing and powerful and feel wonderful in the body you have right now and that running can help you get there. 
And we've talked about this before, but for you, you say running um, has a lot to do with confidence, with body confidence. What's the connection there? Yeah, it's it's kind of incredible how the more you run, the more confident you are in you you carry yourself differently. You start carrying yourself like somebody who who feels good about themselves. You become confident because you realize you can do things you didn't think you could do. And suddenly, you know, you're running a 5K and you're just like, my God, when did I become that person that goes out for a run first thing in the morning? And and you realize it, it sort of like translates throughout your life. It's not just, oh, I'm confident I can run. It's I'm confident I can do anything I want to do. It's just a matter of, you know, putting my mind to it and working hard. And so it it becomes not just about the running, it becomes about everything and how you look at yourself as a person and as a woman. I love that because it has so many parallels with writing a book. I mean, so many people see writing a book the way maybe they see running a marathon, that it's something for other people or it's something off in some distant future when they're thin or when they've taken enough writing workshops or whatever. And so I think it's such an amazing lesson um, in how a project like writing a book um, or running your first 5K can give you confidence in other areas of your life. Yeah. And so it's it's funny you should mention that because when I was writing this book, I was training for my first half marathon, and I started doing them both around the same time. And I would apply lessons from writing the book to my training, and I would apply lessons from my training to writing the book. So it's really, there are a lot of parallels. It's just that one step at a time, and, uh, yeah, it's it's an incredible parallel. All right, so let's give people, let's just start off with a piece of advice. What is the one... Uh, what's the what's the one piece of advice that you would give to somebody who has wanted for a long time to write a book um, and they haven't done it? Maybe it's the same piece of re- advice you would give to somebody who has wanted to run for a long time and hasn't done it. What's the thing that you say to people about getting their book done? Aside from calling you first. (laughs) Okay, call me, but just in case my number is suddenly unpublished. (laughs) Um, I guess it would be know know who you're writing to, I think, because that's one of the things I think that made it it easier for me to write my book because I was writing it to myself almost, almost as a love letter to myself, honestly. But my ideal reader... I kind of framed her out to be to be me, to be somebody who was overweight and had, you know, wanted to do different things that she thought maybe she, you know, shouldn't be quote unquote allowed to do, but but I knew that she could. So, I guess if you know who you're who you're writing to, it makes it a lot easier to to formulate your message. Mm, totally true. Obviously, I believe that one. What is something that you wish you knew before you wrote your book? Um, so I guess if I'd known how completely life-changing it would be, it was, it was totally career-changing because it, it created a whole new career for me that I didn't even know was going to exist two years ago. 
But if I'd known how personally life-changing and how much growth I would get out of writing this book, I think I would have started sooner. Because <laughs> I, I mm-hmm. talked about it a lot. You know, oh, I should write this book, I should write this book. And um, and I, I just, I didn't realize just how the magnitude of changes that it would bring to my life. So I, I think... I think if I'd known that, I would have started earlier. Yeah. Well, share with us a little bit of the before and after. So what was your life like and your business like before you wrote the book, and what is it like now? Um, oh, gosh. It, I just love my life right now. It's amazing. So when I wrote the book, I think I started it in August of 2013, so just a little under two years ago, and I had – recently quit my full-time job in pharma. I was a desk, corporate desk jockey for 20 years. And uh, I quit my job at about nine months after I quit my job, I started writing this book. And, and when I quit, I thought, I'm going to be a personal trainer. That's what I'm going to do. That's, that's how I'm going to, you know, live out the rest of my life is I'm going to bring women into my gym that my husband and I built, and, and I'm just going to be a personal trainer. And then I thought, oh, you know, I should write this book because I want to get the message out there that you can be fit and happy in the body you have right now. And that book changed everything because after after it dropped into Amazon, which I think was, I want to say November 2013 or early December, suddenly mm-hmm. I was getting, like, emails from people that had read my book, and they would say, you made it okay for me to to start running and and not wait till I'm thin and and uh, like the light bulb went off in my mind that like I can help people in a whole different at a whole different level on a whole different scale than just seeing private clients in my studio like I can help people literally all over the world and so that kind of started a lot of processes where you know I created a website I created a, a Facebook page and. Then I created a private Facebook community, and then those women started connecting with each other. And so it resulted in me being able to grow the this book into literally a worldwide revolution that every day, like, I'm just constantly blown away by how amazing the people are um, that have come together, that, that are, you know, that are part of this community that are, like, now they're spreading the message. So, yeah, so before before the book, I was happy – training my clients one at a time in my gym, and now it's like every day I get to connect with and lead and inspire and be inspired by literally women all over the world. So it's kind of awesome. (laughs) Yeah, that is pretty friggin' awesome. So if you guys want to learn more about this or follow along during this interview, if you go to runningwithcurves.net, um, you can learn more about the curvolution that Jill has started. Um, <laughs> and if you're on Facebook and you search for the group called Running with Curves, you'll also um, learn more about the private Facebook community that she mentioned, um, which I think is awesome, especially if you want to be a runner and participate, but to also see how you can create a movement with your book that just goes far beyond the pages of your actual book. So I think you sort of answered this, Jill, but I want to talk about what you what you had envisioned um, before you started, because obviously you've talked about how you had this, you had a personal training business, and I think you saw the book in one way, and now really your business has shifted 
um, has shifted from personal training to really running this movement. But what what did you envision um, before you completed your book? Well, that's another good question. I, I'm not 100% sure because I don't think I had really thought it through. I wanted to be somebody who had written a book, so that mm-hmm. much is very clear to me. I wanted to, I literally just wanted the experience of writing a book, and I wanted to put author after my name. And And I guess, like, you know, when you ask the question, what do you wish you'd known before you wrote your book, like, I had no idea how life-changing it was going to be. And so I didn't envision everything that's happened since the book came out. I, yeah, I'm, I'm, I still sometimes sit there and go, is this real? Is this, <laughs> is this really happening? Because I, I did not envision that. So if I'd known ahead of time just how powerful it could be, um, yeah, I may, I might have. I, actually, no, I take that back because I think. If I'd had an end game in mind, at least for me, it might have changed how I wrote the book because the book really was a love letter. Um, mm. it, it came absolutely straight from the heart. So I just, I, that's all I envisioned. I'm not sure if I answered your question or not. Yeah, no, it's interesting. So why do you think when there's so many books, there's 350,000 new books come out every month. Um, so why do you think it is that some books get into readers' hands and into their hearts and they become part of a movement like yours and then some books just don't make that same impact. What do you what do you think that your book has that people have been looking for? I think I think it it's relatable because I I didn't write it I I wrote it from a place of love for my for my own clients, but for the for my readers, and and I think when you write from that place, where all I wanted to do was help them become, I'm getting teary just talking about it. Mm. Really, all I wanted to do was just help them feel better about themselves. That's literally that was that's what I wanted, you know for the book and for even if I only had one person reading it, I wanted them to feel better about themselves afterwards. And um, and so I guess if, if somebody's goal from writing a book is strictly just to sell books and make money off of it, um, if it's a well-written book and if it's a topic that resonates with people, you know, I think they'll do well. But I do think that there's, there's that piece of, the intention of the author and the feelings that the author is having when they're writing, I think it comes through. And so if you're writing... Yeah, what I always say is... Right, what I always say, the emotion that goes into the book is the emotion that comes out of it. So if you're writing from that place of love and connection, that's what your readers are going to get. And if you're writing from wanting your readers to do something it'll have that kind of energy. And so you have to be really careful about the headspace you're in when you write. Because it's not just about the words. Some of it's the words. That's a piece of the communication. But a lot of it is the energy that comes through the book that we decide, like, is this a person I want to connect with on a deeper level? I think that's exactly. So let's talk about writer's block. So what happens with a lot of people who write their book is they get an idea, they get started and then 20 pages in 
something happens, I don't know, they get a cold or something and they miss a couple days of writing and then every day that they're away from their manuscript, it gets harder and harder to get back to it. Um, and people get stuck in writer's block. Did you have any writer's block? Um, oh, and if so, <laughs> what did you do about it? Yeah, I definitely had it. I think um, it's funny because the first couple chapters just sort of poured right out of me. It was just yep. like, I I got to get this out there. And then, and then I think I went through a period of questioning, can I really help people? Do I really know what I'm talking about? I got all kinds of questioning thoughts, and every time that would come up, I would find myself finding reasons not to write or, you know, like I had writer's block. But once I – and sometimes I would literally just sit down in front of the computer and just stare. <laughs> um, but I would make myself kind of sit there in the allotted time that I said I was going to write um, and eventually it would it would come out. And sometimes I would, you know, just kind of write to myself, like, who do you think you are? Like, you know, kind of like getting all my negativity, just get it out on the page and then delete it. And then sometimes it was easier to write after I got all that crap, so to speak, out of my head. But there there was definitely writer's block, but it it was all tied to me questioning myself and questioning whether I was qualified to write this book. Because when I was in a space of of course I can help these people. Of course, I'm qualified because I've lived it. Like, from that space, it was very, very easy to write. And so um, had you, you mentioned, um, you mentioned that uh, you had wanted to write a book for a long time. Had you tried with something different this time, or why do you think you were able to get through when so many people um, get stuck at that part, at that point? You know, I've never actually tried to write a book before this particular uh, effort. I had written a blog. I had a blog for many years. And so I found that I enjoyed writing. And um, and I think I had started talking about writing this book for, you know, for several months. And right at the time, I kind of made this decision, like, yeah, I'm going to write this book. Somehow the universe or some higher power put you in front of me, and I was like, well, that's my sign. <laughs> I need to, you know, pursue this with the difference press because it seemed like the perfect opportunity. So I just think it's kind of interesting, like, at the point that I was getting ready, readier and readier, talking about it, talking about it, and then really envisioning what it would look like, the right opportunity came up. Mm. <laughs> I love that. And so why do you think you finished? Was it just having a mentor, or was there something about the program that you think made made you more likely to finish? Because lots of I people think hire book coaches, and they still don't end up with a book. So, Yeah, yeah. And I, well, I do think that because there was a deadline, there was, I, I mean, it was, I, I was committed. I had a contract. I was committed. I had to deliver this book. Um, at such and such in time, or I would lose money on it. So I knew, you know, I had this, like, all right, I've committed to make this done. And it was a short enough time frame. It wasn't like, oh, we're going to work over the course of a year. You know, I signed the contract, and then the next week it was like, okay, let's get this, you know, let's get this going. We had deadlines. It was very organized. I didn't write anything until the entire book was outlined. 
um, until my ideal reader had been clarified. And I think that that right there, like knowing what each step of the process was, and, and almost like, you know, running a marathon or training for a marathon, like I just had to look one week ahead. That's all I had to do. Like these are the things I need to do this week, and then I'll worry about the next week. And I think like having it that organized, having somebody that I was accountable to, um, aside from just myself, because um, I'm not the most reliable when it comes to accountability, mm-hmm. but like having someone else that was expecting a piece to be done and that was kind of a sanity check was immensely helpful. So I love all of that, but I want to go back to marathon training because I didn't know this technique. So if you're training for a marathon and you have, let's say, a training schedule, is that one of the things you teach is only look like a week ahead? Yeah, I, it's, it's just worry about the next mile. Even It's even, it's even smaller than the week ahead. Um, I mean, aside wow. from looking at your schedule and saying, okay, I'm on vacation, the week I have a 12-mile run scheduled, you know, you have to do a little bit of long-range planning there. But beyond that, just get through the next mile. Get, just get through the next 10 minutes. Like, that's literally how I got through, you know, the, I get through training for all of my long-distance events. I absolutely love that, and I had no idea, but that's exactly right. So one of the things that we do um, at the Different Stress is, we break your book up into essentially one assignment a week, and we kind of hold that bigger picture for you. Like, yes, you have to make sure the day your book is going to launch, you aren't in Costa Rica or, let's say, whale watching somewhere off the coast of Santa Barbara. Um, But other than those things, as long as you've got kind of the dates cleared, if there's one there's one task to work on per week, and um, and I find that holding that whole big picture of doing a book feels like so much to juggle that you end up, like, needing to nap more frequently. So if you have someone who's like, okay, here, all you have to do this week is this, and then sometimes it's literally all you have to do right now is write the next word, write the next sentence, and then decide if you want to write the next sentence. Um but I guess, you know, it's really, it is like it is like a long-distance run or training for a new distance in that it's much easier if somebody helps you break that up and somebody helps you stay accountable to those goals. So really fascinating. So yeah. let's talk about what for you was maybe different than you expected. A lot of people think having a book is going to look one way and then it looks a little bit different. So I know that you've said it's been a really great experience for you, but what what was different maybe than what you expected or what surprised you, the image you had of writing and publishing a book? How is it different than it ended up being? I think it was just so much easier. <laughs> it was so much all aspects were easier. Um, and it may have been because I was working through your program instead of trying to self-publish. And I do have friends who have written books and self-published them and um, had a lot of frustration. And also I read their books and I and I look through and I'm like mentally picking out all the typos and stuff like that because they, they've chosen not to go with professional editing. So I think for me it was just so easy to have somebody else 
take care of the editing, take care of the cover photo, take care of the formatting, like f- having having someone to figure out just how to get the thing uploaded to Amazon, like all of that. Literally all I had to do was sit down and write. And that, I think when I originally thought, oh, I'd like to write this book, maybe part of, you know, as I'm, I'm talking it through now and realizing that probably part of the reason that I didn't start was because it seemed very overwhelming. It wasn't mm. just the writing. It was everything else. And, and, I, and I was like, oh, I'm going to have to call publishing houses and shop this around, and it's just going to be like it was so far out of my comfort zone. The writing itself was not that far out of my comfort zone. Um, that's something that I truly enjoy. But everything else seemed really hard. So I think, um, yeah, the difference press, that's the difference. <laughs> is that it's, yeah. It really is. I mean, it. yeah, you know, we've we've talked about this, like how much I enjoyed that process and how I can't wait to, to start writing more books because it, it, it let me do what I'm good at, which is writing, and somebody else worried about all the other stuff. And you actually have another book coming up that I think you're going to start this summer. Yeah. Tell people about that one. Oh, this one I'm super excited about. So um, in the community, the Facebook community that I run, I am privileged to, to hear story after story about um, – it's just these incredibly brave and courageous women that, you know, they're, they might come in last place during a race. They might be running at the back of the pack. They might be slower than everybody else, and they never, ever do they question whether they should be a runner, whether they should quit. Like, they just keep doing what they're doing because they just enjoy it so much. And a lot of times they are even overcoming obstacles. You know, I have one of my um, group members, has rheumatoid arthritis. I have several group members that have literally lived through cancer, um, others that have lost two or 300 pounds through running, like like every possible obstacle you can imagine and they've overcome. So the next book I'm writing is going to be telling their stories and kind of drawing together, like, how running can change you as a person and, and just, oh, it's I get I just get emotional every time I talk about uh, talk about these women because they're so amazing. But yeah, so I want to tell the stories. You know, in the first book I kind of told my own story and I said this is how you can be a runner and now I want to tell the stories of all the people that are doing it, that are living it and and kind of like give them, you know, celebrate all of the people out there that are sort of living this running lifestyle even though they're not typical runners. I love that, and it's a perfect segue into my last question. We've only got about a minute left, but I'm wondering if you can think of a specific before and after story, something that's happened to you since you've become an author that wouldn't have happened if it weren't for your book. Um, you mean maybe a, pers- a, a person that I know? That maybe had- a person you've connected with or an opportunity that you've had, something that wouldn't have happened right your book that you're really proud of or excited about. Um, oh, gosh, I feel like everything in my life is an example of something that wouldn't have happened if I hadn't written my book. I truly believe that. But I think um, the connections that I've made – both locally and worldwide with 
with people that I never would have met otherwise if I hadn't written my book mm-hmm. and people that have changed my life because they're in it. Um, mm-hmm. Like that in and of itself. And, and like, uh, let's see, virtual races, right? So I've started running virtual races, and I've had the chance to actually create local events so people can come and run their race, and I've been able to hold a finish line for them and put their medal around their neck as they cross it, and that would never have happened if I hadn't read this book. And that's just, that's been amazing for me. That is so awesome. So if you want to find out more about Jill Angie, who is the author of Running With Curve, um, Jill said she's been running virtual races. She doesn't just mean running them. She actually means, like, organizing them. So you can join one of her virtual races. The website is runningwithcurves.net. The author of Running With Curves, Why You're Not Too Fat to Run and the Skinny and How to Start Today has been our guest today. Jill Angie, thank you so much for being with us and for sharing your book journey with us. Oh, thank you. It's been a pleasure. And as always, check out our sister show, Page Up. You can find Page Up on iTunes. Um, There's a great episode this week about your ideal reader. Jill talked a little bit about that, and you can learn the difference press process for identifying your ideal reader and how that is different from identifying your target market, which is what most authors are taught. So head on over to iTunes and check out Page Up, and we'll meet you back here uh, next week on Book Journeys, Changing the World, One Book at a Time. This has been another episode of Book Journeys Radio, where we're changing the world one book at a time. To find out more about how you can get your book written, published, and promoted, visit www.theauthorincubator.com. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.